Hi, I'm Tiffany. And I'm Lindsay. And this is Luminol, Luminol Cocktail. Well, hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you today? Great. How are you? I am so good. I got this new sports bra from Target, and you might have noticed me fucking with the zipper because it's one of those ones that like zip in the front (laughs) and this is the first time I've worn it and the zipper is like trying to come down so I think I'm gonna have to return it your boobies are too big well like I can't help it I I know you can't well I mean you could get a breast reduction (laughs) I could but that's a lot of dollars that I'm not trying to spend on that right now and so I was like I need new is that in the works for later no okay (laughs) I was gonna say. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but like, I'm going to the gym. I'm trying to get more fit because I used to be fit and I'm not anymore. So I'm working on it. And I feel like I'm probably going, my boobs are probably gonna shrink a little bit, question mark, when that happens. So I was, I'm okay with that. Super, super tiny mm-hmm. in the chest area before I put on weight. So yeah. I always tell her, I'm like, oh man, if I ever lose weight. They're going to go. It's not going to be the same. I promise <laughs> it's not. <laughs> so <Damn>. sorry. <laughs> sorry about it. So, yeah. And I, I kind of miss it sometimes because there are shirts now. I don't want big boobs. They're kind of annoying. I don't want big boobs either. Like, I'm used to them at this point. I always felt like, but, whenever I hear the guys talking about big boobs, I'm like, you guys don't even begin to understand the inconveniences. There are so many shirts. Like, there is this, I was at, Plato's closet yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was trying on some clothes, and there were some really cute crop tops. No. And I was like, "Let me try," but my boobs are too big, and so I was like, "It was like a crop top, but it was kind of like a peasant top, and so it had like a <laughs> yeah, it had it was sleeveless, so it went around the top, and then it had like a little piece of fabric that like hung off with like lace and shit on it. It was beautiful, and then it had like an elastic waist that's supposed to like hit the bottom of your ribs and then just like a little peplum and I was like that's gonna be super cute and I put it on and my boobs are too big Mm -hmm. and so it makes the yep the thing be like (laughs) the elastic waistband was like hitting under my boobs yep I was like this is not a good look (laughs) for me yeah this is not okay this is a really cute top but I guess the fuck not so which is weird because I used to say I, I wanted bigger boobs and then I got them and I'm like, ugh, I hate this actually. I was going to say, everybody wants big boobs until they have them and then they're like, this is the worst thing ever. Like, I don't know. All of the women in my family are very well endowed. And so I've always had larger breasts. Uh, the women in my family are hit or miss, and I was a miss yeah. <laughs> until I put on weights. <laughs> both of my aunts, who were both incredibly flat-chested, had men pay for incredible boob jobs. Nice. <laughs> so. but, nah. <laughs> That's what makes them happy. More power to them. Yeah. Well, you know, and then, then my one aunt. I mean, there's a whole story there. But yeah. eventually, drug abuse. I don't know. Anyone listens and you're doing drugs and you have breast implants? It's not good. not recommend. It is not good. I have seen that. Not on your aunt. No. But. <laughs> no, not on my aunt. Well, she's not dead, so that'd be kind of weird. That would be real weird. Um, but yeah, she ended up having a, a popped implant. Mm-hmm. It ain't good. That's painful as fuck. Uh-huh. Also, the chemicals. I was going to say, I know a girl who did have a popped implant, but she got implants and she just hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, and not just like post-op, I mean 
months and yeah. months and she eventually had to get them removed yeah because sometimes your body just treats it as a foreign object yeah and that's yeah it was I, that good. would end up being me i know it fucking would just oh, because 100%. my body is so sensitive to like any kind of piercing it's like no we don't want this this no, is no. fake <laughs> so we don't do that in this body yeah also i feel like it'd be hard when you like try to lay on your stomach man what's it hurts with regular boobs sometimes. It does so. sometimes, but imagine like you just have an implant in there. Nah. No, thank you. If that's what you want to do, more power to you. Oh, yeah, we're not shaving implants Fuck by any no. means. <laughs> we just are acknowledging our own inability to cope with them. Mm-hmm. Also, when you get them, you can't like put your head, like hands above your head, so other people have to like wash your hair for you. No, thank you. And I don't think Alex would do a great job at washing my hair. <laughs> so, but if you have a great support system. Yeah. I mean, more power to you. Or if you just want to go to the salon twice a week and let them wash your hair. Yeah, that's probably expensive. Hey, if you can afford a boob job. Oh, that's true, though. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Those shits aren't cheap. Um, I don't even know how we begin this conversation on boobs, but... um. I don't know, but here we are. <laughs> Do you have anything else going on? Um, nah, man, just my new workout clothes. I'm very excited. I These are new leggings. They're exactly the same as my other leggings. You look great. Thanks. <laughs> because, and I mean, it's just Target leggings, but they have a pocket on the side for my phone, and that is what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I don't know if you know this, I have never watched criminal minds before really absolutely so alex put it on last night both of us were deeply uh-huh. deeply involved in it and i ended up falling asleep on the couch he stayed up till 4 30 having Fuck. to work today because he couldn't turn it off he couldn't walk I away from criminal minds. and uh it was really funny watching the first episode which super not spoiler alert but right. if you haven't seen it by now that's on you so sorry what they're trying to figure out this like one puzzle in the first episode and it's a metallica like cd and uh-huh. alex goes ahead and starts like he said it before it even came to and then it ended up like spencer said it's like oh my goodness girls fantasize about having spencer as a boyfriend but i just have it already and i didn't know <laughs> it i haven't been appreciating it <laughs> oh god He's really not, though. <laughs> Which hey, but he's trying. Really funny. <laughs> it was really funny, though, that he, he called it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Because I see it all over TikTok girls. Oh, like, 110%. Love Spencer. Like, oh, I don't like, know. I don't watch that show, so I don't know. I don't get it. But now we're watching it. I'm glad for you. It's a yeah. fun adventure I you're starting out on. to watch. <laughs> Besides Grey's Anatomy constantly. Yeah. Although I've almost finished an entire watch through of the 17 seasons. Yeah, I am... Let me see. What's the last one I watched? Uh, she and Derek just got Zola. No. It's after Zola. One day we'll have a Grey's Anatomy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the last episode I watched was Zola's birthday. Yes. And Richard's 10,000th surgery. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, no. Is that the one where Owen yells at Christina? Yeah. And you like, killed our baby! You killed our baby! <laughs> while everybody else is in the other room. Like, like Owen, sir, time and place. Also, sir, she exercised her legal right to choose, and you held her hand. Fuck off. Well, I forgot in season 16, Owen's at that other hospital, and he's, like, really shitty to a patient that had tried to, at, like, do an at-home, like, um, 
abortion or whatever. Yeah, he is the fucking worst. And I was like, oh my god, I forgot. Like, he's so annoying about women having their legal rights to choose. Yeah, he's so goddamn lifey. And I'm like, sir. Which is... You don't understand. Fine, but be respectful. Well, here's Especially the thing. Especially as a medical professional. It's... Well, it's not even just towards women and having abortions, because mm-hmm. remember when Teddy's patient wants to oh, yeah. have physician-assisted suicide? problems. He fucking flips his shit because he's like, this is wrong. And I'm like, sir, this has nothing to do with you. No. She asked for your help as a physician. If you don't agree with it, you just say, I don't agree with that and would prefer that you... Ask someone else rather than trying to make the whole thing stop like he did and made it all about him and his bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not about you and your baggage, sir. Anyways, it's a lot of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> it's a good show. It is a good show. 10 out of 10 recommend. It's a gift that keeps giving. Uh, it really is. None of us have seen enough. No, I, I don't. I really hope they don't cancel it this season. I don't want the. I don't want the series finale to be a COVID season, right? Like I don't want the silver lining at the end of Meredith Grey's on-screen life to be she beat COVID. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like that would be so no. fucking. Like, give me one more season that's actually decent where it's normal. I don't care what happens, in and it. she gets Just, with McWidow. Yeah, I mean, he gives a speech in the new episode. <laughs> I almost cried, but Alex was around, so you know, I had to, like... Reel it in. Yeah, you know. Keep Be cool. Mm-hmm. Be cool. I'm already a water sign. Very sensitive and emotional, <laughs> so... Can't do it all of the time. That's for no. private time. Indeed. Some Indeed. people masturbate. I cry. <laughs> Everyone has their kink, you, you know? know? <laughs> yeah. All right, do we want to get into this week's case file? Uh, yeah, you want a break first? Sure. Let's do a break real okay. fast. Uh, um, case file? Case file. Case file. All right. Uh, so today's topic is... Cannibalism! Woo! We have great... Actually, I haven't heard of either one of these cannibalism cases, so we did good. I am proud of us. I also, I had a different one, and I got a little bit upset with it. I, I saw that, and you changed it. I was like, oh, this is different. Yeah, well, so the first one... I, I still want to cover that one at some point whenever it fits one of our topics. But, yeah, it's like, here's this story, here's this fucked up thing. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then I did more research and, like, mm, it's not as fucked up as I thought. And I was like, damn it, it doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> that's that's the quality. How fucked up is the case? Right. I like it. Uh, the drink we are having today is called a Blood Orange Morgue. Aritas. I love it. I love it. I'm going to try it. It's probably a little watered down since it's been sitting here it for about 30-ish minutes. It's fine. The water will bring the nice crispness of the tequila out. Oh, it's cold on my teeth. It's good, though. It's good. The tequila is there, so you're not going to like it. Probably I'm sorry not. About it, That's but quite all right. I had to go for it. I mean, how could I not? teeny. I mean. Or margarita. 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 Today is not a quote. Today is a fun fact. This was always supposed to be a fun fact. Do you want to read it or you want me to read it? You read it. Okay. So the fun fact is, the best body part to consume would be the brain and muscles. 
The muscles provide protein, whereas the brain provides slow-burning energy due to it being high in fat and glucose. So if you ever want to... Who said that? That's science. It's a fun fact. Oh, damn. Science. (laughs) I don't like that science. I'm I'm quoting science now. (laughs) All right. Uh, Yeah, I mean... You might argue with science. (laughs) A lot of people would. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. The drink is just tequila, blood, orange juice, lime juice, orange liqueur, which is really just triple sec. Yeah. I don't understand fucking recipes. And simple syrup, which also sometimes is called sugar syrup. I don't understand. I don't understand. There's a they world gotta of be special. bartending I don't like. <laughs> yeah. So that is the case file for today's, the season's last episode. Which is crazy when you think about it. And then this week you are going first. Yes, if you would like me to. Absolutely. Okay, great. Take it away. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, get ready to be both uh, saddened and traumatized and horrified. Can't wait. Yeah, it's a roller coaster. That's what I'm here for. And I prefaced this that not only is this case about a cannibalistic monster, but also a story of a health service that underestimated the mental state of that monster, failing to prevent him from murdering time and time again. OMG, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> so it's got mental health. It's got everything. It's I like really some Doctor Death bullshit. I don't know what that is. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so uh, Peter Bryan was born in uh, you'll love this 1969. Nice. Yeah. He attended schools in both Forest Gate and Canning Town before leaving around 14 or 15 years old in order to find work. By the way, this takes place in, like, England, like London, Mm -hmm. something like that, yeah. Peter worked at a clothes stall, and later he taught cooking lessons at a soup kitchen for work. How diverse. Really? At, you know, 14, 15 is where he started his employment. Yeah. What a guy, that guy. Well, let's not run from too much now. All right. Shutting up now. <laughs> the first, oh, the next line, the first indication that something was deeply wrong with Peter came when he was only 18 years old. Police responded to a call in 1987 about a resident in the Flying Angel who was attempting to throw another resident from their sixth floor window. It's not cool. When police arrived, the victim reported the attack being unprovoked. But police took no action against the attacker or uh, the attacker, Peter Bryan, or the victim. Because Peter Bryan had a gash in his forehead. Okay. So it could have gone either way. But they were like, no, nothing. We shall do nothing about this. That makes sense. Yeah. It's also the late 80s. Does anything make sense from then? No. (laughs) So this is where the story gets bad. In the second paragraph, in 1993, Peter returned to a fashion boutique a week after he had been thrown out due to shoplifting, and I believe he was employed here as well. Okay. I had some conflicting um, answers on that question. When he did return, he did so with a claw hammer, which he used to murder the 20-year-old shop assistant, uh, Nisha Sheff. Cool, I hate it. Mm -hmm. She was the owner's daughter, and Peter beat her to death with the claw hammer in front of her younger brother. God damn. Yeah. Within the following hour, Peter attempted suicide, but after surviving, he admits to Nisha's death. Peter was charged with manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility. So, I looked up- What? Yes, I had to look that up, because I had never heard of that before, and that's because it's a British law. Okay. 
Yeah. And it is a British law where an unbalanced mental state causing an individual to become less answerable for a crime they committed and ultimately allowing for a reduced charge without classifying that individual as insane. Okay. I don't know why. But that feels strange, but all right. <laughs> yeah, just starting out that way. <laughs> Peter is admitted to the Rampton Hospital's maxim- maximum high-security psychiatric unit for the murder of Nisha. Rampton is one of only three high-security psychiatric hospitals in England alongside Ashworth Hospital and Broadmoor Hospital. Okay. So there's two other ones besides this one for okay. psychiatric hospitals, like high-security psychiatric hospitals. Great. After Peter spent eight years at Rampton Hospital, the nursing staff, including psychiatrists, believed Peter had made considerable progress involving his behavior, attitude, maturity, relationships, anger, and insight. Which is good. Okay. Rehabilitation and all. Rehab is good. Right. After a mental health review tribunal concluded that Peter's illness no longer warranted Peter's detention and therefore could be conditionally discharged provided he continued taking his antipsychotic medication... He was transferred. Okay. In June 2001, Peter was moved to a lower security facility, John Howard Center, for a trial period. It was typical at that time for a patient in Peter's condition to spend around two years at such a center. But after just six months, Peter is discharged to the Riverside Hostel in North London. Okay. Mm-hmm. Odd choice, but what else? Mm-hmm. While at Riverside Hostel... Peter is given door keys, allowing him to be able to come and go as he pleased with an inexperienced social worker appointed to look after him. Great. What could go wrong? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) See, no way this could end poorly. Psychiatrists and social workers noted a, quote, continued improvement in his mental state, unquote, as Peter discussed plans of moving to a more independent accommodation. Peter's mental health uh, social worker wrote to the home office explaining how, quote, matters had settled down and there was no further concerns. All right. That feels premature, but okay. Yep. In January 2004, social workers applied for Peter to to be transferred to a low support accommodation. However, Peter at this time is accused of assaulting a 17-year-old female nearby the Riverside Hostel in February of 2004. So, a month after that, um... We have no concerns. Apply for his low support accommodation. All right. He assaults a... Child. Yep. Well, minor. Yeah. You can say child. It's fine. (laughs) Following this incident, Peter is admitted as an informal patient at the... To the acute adult psychiatric ward at Newham Center for Mental Health instead of being sent back to a high-security hospital such as Rampton. Also, this transfer was made for Peter's own safety after the young woman's friends and family began threatening Peter. Good job by them. So it wasn't even done because he posed a threat. It was right. because people because were people threatening were like, him. I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. After just two weeks of being placed on the psychiatric ward at New- Newham Center, Brian or Peter is granted permission to leave the ward for the afternoon as an informal patient. Okay. He went out and purchased a claw hammer, a Stanley knife, and a screwdriver. Oh, my God. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but yeah. I don't like any of this. On February 17th, 2004, hours after being released from the psychiatric unit, Peter Bryan kills his friend, Brian Cherry. 
Officers forced their way into Peter's flat in Walthamstow, finding a semi-naked Peter standing in the hallway covered in dry blood. Hold on. Let me make sure that's right. It might have been Brian Cherry's house. Okay. I don't know. I can't remember. They're in a house. They're in a house. And he bloody. Yep. Weapons, including a hammer, were strewn about the home. This man and his hammers. I mean. His weapon of choice. Yeah. Authorities saw the dismembered body of Brian Cherry on the living room carpet and later discovered some of Brian's brain frying in a pan on the stovetop. Peter later told officers, I ate his brain with butter. It was really nice. And that is a quoted statement. Great. Mm -hmm. After this, of course, he was sent to Broadmoor Hospital, a notorious prison for the criminally insane. Remember, this is the second high security mm-hmm. center that I discussed earlier of the three. So he's been to two of them. Just making the rounds. Yeah, why not? Ashworth doesn't make its way into the story, I will say. Damn. Yeah. However, Peter's murdering days were not over yet. Of course they weren't. <laughs> In April of 2004, just four days after being released from solitary confinement, Peter attacked fellow inmate and patient Richard Loudwell in the dining room at Broadmoor Hospital. Peter began strangling Loudwell with the cord from his pants before banging Loudwell's head repeatedly against the floor. A report of the incident stated that Peter intended to kill Richard Loudwell as quickly as possible, but gave up because he became tired. Richard Loudwell, 59, was rushed to the hospital where he died 41 days later due to pneumonia and oxygen starvation. Jesus. I will say Richard Loudwell, not a great guy either. He's in a hospital for criminally insane because he murdered another person. It's rude. But it's just... But also, damn. Yeah. After the attack, Peter told the um, the psychiatrist on duty, I've had these urges towards him, meaning Richard. Yeah. Ever since I saw him, he's the bottom of the food chain, old, haggard. He looked like he's had his innings. Peter also stated that he wanted to kill him and then eat him. Oh. Yeah. In 2011, an inquest jury reported that the dining room at Broadmoor was not being adequately observed by the hospital staff. Oh, no. (laughs) I don't like where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, no staff had been present in the dining room at the time of Peter's attack. Okay. Yeah. Nine staff members who had been on duty that day were unable to see into the dining room. Richard Loudwell complained previously to staff members at Broadmoor Hospital about him being bullied by other patients, but the staff ignored his claims. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I was going to say, this feels very pointed. The jury included in their report that Peter had not been adequately examined before leaving his isolation, explaining that, quote, had a risk assessment been carried out properly, then it is likely that Peter Bryan would have been recognized as highly dangerous. I mean, maybe. I don't know. They were fucking shifting them all over the damn place before. (laughs) Well, they have some statements made about that as well. The jury claims that Peter should have been monitored more closely as his condition could be puzzling to even the most experienced doctors. According to nursing staff at Broadmoor, Peter was released from solitary because they believed his medication had been effective and that he no longer presented a serious risk. However, by the time of Richard Ladwell's assault, no doctor had carried out a mental state examination of Peter. 
That's smart. So they didn't even try to examine him. They're like, meh, he's fine. Yeah. Um, since 2004, Broadmoor has reduced patient numbers on the ward where Peter attacked uh, Richard Loudwell from 20 to 12, which is a huge difference. Yeah. Qualified nurses were increased on the ward from half to two-thirds of the workforce. Very good. CCTV was also introduced on the ward, which feels pretty important. I was going to say that feels a little late, but okay. (laughs) Yeah. Peter Cuban, who became chief executive of West London Mental Health NHS Trust, said, We failed on this occasion both to supervise the two men properly and to take sufficient account of Mr. Bryan's risks to others. Mm. An inquiry faulted National Health Service trust managers for leaving Peter Bryan in the care of an inexperienced social worker with no mental health training and a general adult psychiatrist who had never worked with a convicted killer. So that's way back when earlier he was floating around for all the different right. hospitals. Yeah. They put, they, that's, those are the people that are supposed to help make sure he was stable and not going to murder more people. Yeah. People who had no experience or training in for that. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. The report includes an outlined, an outline of catalog, or an outline of catalog errors in the treatment of Peter Bryan as well. Yeah. Because there were a fuck ton of them. This has been summed up as a systemic failure to ensure that the key professionals allocated to care for Peter Bryan have the necessary experience to deal with someone with his forensic history in complex presentation. All right. Yeah. So the mental illness, he is, he just, he's just paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah. However, the way he displays it is, like, incredibly cool, calm, collected. You have no idea the what's, person you're dealing with. Right, like, you don't know what's going on in his head until yes. he snaps. Yes. Cool. Which is why more experienced people should have been in charge of his case. Yes. NHS London confirmed that no disciplinary action was taken against staff, and all names of staff involved in Peter's care or supervision have been removed from that report, which I super don't think is okay, but... Because they should be held accountable accountable for what happens while they're working. Right. Like, it's such a... Why is no one in the dining room? Right. Also, why are the nine people that are there? Which, I get it. It's only nine. It's really short staff. But why are all of you okay not being able to see in a a room where people... Crowded... Basically, crowded inmates are... Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. Um... Peter Bryan remains in Broadmoor Hospital where he continues to receive treatment for his paranoid schizophrenia. However, I mean. Yeah. He not going nowhere because so, he likes to murder people a lot that and is, eat them. Yeah, that is the case of Peter Bryan. All right. Cannibalism. In his cannibalism, eating brains with butter. Yeah, yeah. Also, real fast, I don't know if you have seen this, and Alex told me about it. Apparently... The guy, Jameson, the whiskey, whatever yeah. it is named after, his, like, great-grandson paid money to watch a village in, like, New Guinea eat a child. And it's all journaled. Like, it's so old. It's just, like, written down in journals or something. I would not be surprised. I was like, I'm sorry. I would what not now? be surprised. I don't know anything about <laughs> it, but I would not be surprised. There are so many examples of, like... Yeah, apparently this... People Child just going to didn't make a sound as she was being eaten alive. It really makes me not want to drink Jameson again, knowing that's attached to it. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't love it. I mean, the creator of Jameson didn't do it, but a, a relative did. It yeah. just feels a little feels a little inappropriate. 
Fair enough. Next time I... It's Pickleback that we do Jameson with, right? Yep. Yeah. Damn. That's another fun fact for the day. Great. (laughs) I hate it. While we're on the topic of cannibalism. It fits with today's theme. I'm excited. So, on to my case. I also went to Europe for my case. Oh. My case is from Germany. Perfect. Well, I feel like all the U.S. cannibals have just, you know, been talked about so much. Figure, you know, go overseas, get something interesting. And yeah, then... yeah. Also, we decided way back when we made this that we were never going to pick a massive serial killer to no. even begin to try to try discuss. And do <laughs> like and one half, right? Like the big ones are collabs, as you guys should know by now. Which because I fucked up and did that with our murder, the movie one. When yeah, I picked that serial that killer by accident. I was like, damn. <laughs> you do you, man. Mm-hmm. Today, I'm going to be talking about Armin Maivis, who, like I said, is from Germany. So I had to listen to a pronunciation voice for that multiple times. If you're interested, the spelling, which will be probs in the show notes, um, but also in the blog post. But in case you don't look at that, it's A-R-M-I-N-M-E-I-W-E-S. Armin Maivis was eight years old when his father left him and his mother he just abandoned them. It was kind of a long time coming for the family. Uh, his father was cold and was super openly disinterested in him and anything to do with him or his needs. Like, mm. did not give a shit about his kid. It was around the time that he was abandoned that Armin had his first urges to kill someone. He became obsessed with the story of Hansel and Gretel and was oddly fixated on the part where the children were kept to be fattened up to be eaten. That's the part children don't want to pay attention right. to. <laughs> and he was like all about that shit. He began to fantasize even as a young child about what it would be like to end someone's life and more importantly to him, what it would be like to eat human flesh. Real fast, have you ever thought about... No. Okay. I haven't either. I just wanted to know what's... You want to know something that's funny, though? There are a lot of guys that I know who are like, if I had the opportunity and it wasn't illegal, sure. I would try it. I'm like, I don't don't like that. But I know multiple guys who have said that. Yep. I was raised in a cult. That that is true. That is true. Grain of salt. (laughs) So as he grew, he kept his murdery cannibal desires as close to the vest as possible and he was living his life constantly pushing those fantasies to the back of his mind in 1999 when his mother died his urges grew exponentially but he did continue trying to push them down he was living with his girlfriend Bettina and had a stable job and was just dedicated to being a normal dude Mm mm-hmm His neighbors knew him as a great guy who was always ready to help out with whatever he could. It wasn't uncommon for him to cut his neighbor's grass. Like, he would even help people fix their cars and work on things like that. But unfortunately, things started to unravel with Armin and Bettina's relationship. Things seemed to be going well, and they both thought things were going well. So Armin decided to have a serious conversation with Bettina. Wasn't a breakup conversation but was instead an opportunity to share a piece of his identity with her because of the trust they had developed. Mm -hmm. He was like, 
we're here, we're in this, we're together, I can trust her, whatever. So he told Bettina that he was bisexual and was very sexually attracted to men. She did not respond well at all. She almost immediately broke off their relationship because of this. Mm -hmm. She was like, nope, not what I signed up for. Fuck you. I'm out. This ending of the relationship marked a pivotal moment in Armin's life. He was being left again in the same way his father left him as a child, and now he didn't have his mother around to be a positive force in his life. And this one person who was the only other support person in his life was now bailing on him for sharing this deep personal fact. Right. At this point, he did have that option, you know. Can he continue trying to live his life as normal? Or he could decide to fulfill his lifelong fantasy. Which I think you guys know what he did. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking about him. <laughs> now, Armin Midas picked his victims in a much different way than most offenders do. He didn't stalk them or randomly grab someone. Instead, he just let the victims come to him by being brutally honest. In 2001, Armin put an ad on Craigslist stating, quote, I am looking for an 18 to 30-year-old male to slaughter. Unquote. What? Yep. <laughs> yeah, he had takers? Yeah. He also, he, he did explicitly state in the ad as well that he intended to eat whoever he killed. Again, my ass. What is wrong with people? <laughs> Surprisingly, he got multiple responses this is why I don't want to work with adults in my field of work. Yeah. <laughs> so the first person he made an appointment to meet up with was Borg Yosa. Things were just proceeding as planned. Uh, Borg was laying on the kitchen table on his back. And I think he kind of assumed there was going to be like more sexual shit going on and not like, I don't know if he realized that this motherfucker actually gonna kill me and eat me and it's not a weird sexual thing. But he was just laying on the table. How waiting. is it a sexual thing to begin with? He said he wanted to kill you. Was Any, it metaphorical? Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, he's just laying there on this kitchen table waiting for Armin. Uh, then he was like, you know what, man? I'm not feeling great. I'm gonna have to go. Like, I'm, this isn't for me. I need to leave. And so Armin was like, all right, have a nice life. And let him go. All right, then. And Borgiosa did not call the cops. What? He didn't do shit about any of this. Or if he did, it was all completely ignored. Uh, uh, what would you do if you were, if you were a... A non-emergent line or a 911 operator and someone gives you that information. Sir, you- I'm scared this is above my pay grade. I'm going <laughs> to need to forward you to my supervisor. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I don't even know. Yeah. So he let him go, which, like I said, completely unharmed. All right. No issues. I mean, good for him, I guess. He, he, he was all about consent. He's got some integrity. Yeah. Armin just 
decided to work his way down the list until he could find someone who would participate willingly. I cannot believe her. Yeah. <laughs> he contacted many more people, but when they realized how serious he was about killing them, they all backed out. Yeah. And again, nobody's calling the cops. They're like, oh, this weird dude. He's just letting people go. The last person to reply to Armin's ad was Bern Brandis, who was a 43-year-old bisexual engineer. They exchanged extensive emails to plan the act, talking about how they were going to kill Bern, or exactly how Armin would prepare and eat him, what type of wine he would drink while he was consuming him. Bern actually suggested that Armin use his skull to make an ashtray so that he could hang out afterwards. It seems as much as Armin wanted to kill and eat someone, Bern wanted to be killed and eaten. They were a really fucked up that match. That is a lifelong goal of my own. <laughs> I'm gonna need to go. <laughs> to be, not to kill, to be murdered, yeah. Be murdered and eaten. Yeah, no, no. On March 9th, Byrne went to Armin's apartment with the intent to meet him and carry out their plan. They began the plan with Byrne and Armin starting a video recording to record Byrne giving his consent to be murdered and eaten and that they were both willing participants. And then they had sex. All of this is videotaped? I don't know if the sex was videotaped. I'm just curious. But it's my understanding. <laughs> Can someone that consent it was. to being murdered and eaten? We get there too, don't oh, worry. Oh, good, good, I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> After that, Burned then took a handful of sleeping pills, drank part of a bottle of NyQuil, and also drank half a bottle of schnapps, which, like, why? Because, ew, out of all the things. And after sleeping pills and NyQuil, do you really need the alcohol? I mean, but at least pick something good. Right. Like, it, I mean. <laughs> Literally, my note is, which like, because why? Ew. <laughs> I always like that your notes are just in your typed out yeah, stuff. As I, as I think about it, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so. I always just leave mine as a comment off to the side. No. no. <laughs> so I don't read it. <laughs> no. I read that shit. Whatever. People get unfiltered, Tiffany. Um, I, mean, I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. So, once Byrne was sedate, Armin moved him to a bathtub and moved the recording device into that room. Ooh. He then took a knife and removed Byrne's penis. He sliced it up and they both tried to eat it raw. Unfortunately, it was too rubbery. So, Armin took it to the kitchen to fry. Yeah. There are conflicting reports about whether or not they were actually able to consume it. Uh, some sources say that it got burned to a crisp and he overfried it. And they were like, no, this just isn't even consumable. It's too, too charcoal-y, too burned. But then some sources are like, yeah. And then they both ate this guy's penis while this bleeding out in a bathtub. So as you can probably imagine... Thanks to the trauma to Burns' body, he was losing a ton of blood. Yeah. That's how they decided he was going to die. Just a little bleed it out? Yep. 
So Armin filled the bathtub with warm water and left him alone, just waiting on him to like either bleed out or pass out and slip into the water and drown. Just a very calm, peaceful death after having his dick chopped off. And between checking on Burn, though. How the fuck did he not pass out already from having the handful of sleeping pills right? and NyQuil? This dude had, like, the fucking, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I was wondering this whole time. I was like, how did he have all of that and was still conscious enough to, like, yeah, let me try and eat my penis? Like, I pass out after having, like, it's like an actual regular dose of NyQuil. Right. <laughs> I'm out. I have a lot of questions. Uh, Armin didn't really care. He was letting his dude just bleed out in the tub while he was reading a Star Trek novel. Well, you know, between multitasking is important. Yeah, getting through those chapters. After hours, Burned finally fully passed out and was not rousing when Armin went to check on him. He was basically, like, making sure he was passed out and would not wake up at, while being, like, stimulated or whatever. <laughs> Once Armin confirmed that Byrne has lost, had lost consciousness... He took a kitchen knife and stabbed him in the neck in order to make him bleed out more quickly. <sighs> I hate this. <laughs> he then cut up Burns' body into basically single-sized servings, put it in individual freezer bags, and put him in the freezer. And rather than making an ashtray out of Burns' skull, he buried it in his backyard. They also, uh, he also ground his bones so that they wouldn't be able to, like, extract DNA or whatever, and he could scatter them. All I can think of now is you. I know, I don't like it. Armin would spend the next ten months slowly devouring Burn's body. One single serving at a time. Hold on, so he, first off, put a, what year is this? 2001, 2002. Early 2000s, which is mm-hmm. already a fucked up time. He put out a Craigslist ad to murder and eat a person. Yep. He went through the list of people. No one alerted authorities. Nope. This person just vanished, yep. was murdered, and he ate his body over a period of 10 months, ten and months. no one was... Yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's, it's the thing. greatest killer, I guess. Stupid doing things. <laughs> uh, he also had a ritual for when he would consume human flesh. Okay. He would use his best dishes and color. He's very adamant about this because, you know, he treated Burned with the utmost respect. I also am a little concerned that that other guy tried to eat his own penis as well. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot happening. So so he's a foodie. He is. He would uh, make sure to have a candlelit table. Nice. He was very specific with what seasonings he would use. Uh, just, you know, so as much natural flavor can come through as possible. And I don't like to think about that. It wasn't until Armin started trolling for a new victim that the police showed up to his door. This time, he was advertising in an online chat room because the Craigslist thing went fine and he talked to a couple people and he never got turned in. So this time he was like, all right, chat room. The student was like, this is not okay. And Great. this person was like, no, no, I'm calling the cops. Fucking finally. <laughs> yeah. So he alerted German authorities. 
about the fact that this person was openly looking for another person to kill and eat and was talking about how he had already done it once and was experienced and blah, 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 blah. By the time police showed up to his house, Armin had eaten 20 kegs of meat. So pretty much 44 pounds of person he had eaten. Armin was arrested, but German authorities were perplexed on what to charge him with. Yeah. Because, turns out, cannibalism is not illegal in Germany. Ah! (laughs) So kind of a huge oversight to me but whatevs i guess they just want to be inclusive to their people yeah so he was arrested for manslaughter okay in his trial he explained that he essentially thought by consuming someone he could keep them with him forever he claimed that the more he ate the more the memories of burned as an individual became cemented he also claimed that he only spoke okay, like broken English before, but Byrne was like fluent in English, and the more of Byrne's flesh he ate, the better he became in English. Okay. Armin thought he had the best defense also because Byrne agreed to being killed and eaten and he had the tapes, but the German government was like, no, no, sir. So, in 2004, he was eventually charged with manslaughter and sentenced to eight and a half years in prison. However, mm-hmm. in 2006, some people were like, why does bitch only get eight and a half years? This doesn't feel right. So, his case was reevaluated and reopened. He had a second trial, and his charges were upgraded from manslaughter to murder because the German government felt he would pose a significant threat to society due to his intense desire to eat human flesh. At the time of his trial, Armin did not show remorse for doing what he did. He still is like, I was fine. He explained he simply had a fantasy and it gave him a goal and in the end he fulfilled it. So why should he feel bad about fulfilling his goals? Eventually, Armin Mylis was convicted of the new charges of murder and sentenced to life in prison. He is still serving his sentence and is now allegedly a vegetarian. In 2020, he's allowed to have some of his restrictions lifted mm-hmm. and now is allowed to dress in disguise and take supervised excursions out of the walls of prison, which feels like an odd choice to me. It does. I mean, he did kill, He well, he killed a person. Right. But it was consensual. I mean, yes. Like, I don't really know. I have a lot of, like... He doesn't seem to pose a threat to everybody. I mean, he didn't, like you said, he didn't stalk anyone. He met up with these people. And when they were actually not very interested, he was like, okay, no problem. And moved on. So I don't don't know. Yeah, there's a lot with this one that I was like, damn. That is a lot to unpack. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) But yeah, so that's the case of... Armin Wyliss, uh, cannibal from Germany who got some, got a guy off Craigslist. <laughs> who wanted to die and be eaten. Yeah. And eat his find, own penis. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. People. 
Yeah, I was. Uh, I found that one, and I was like, "Oh no, this is the one I'll do." <laughs> it was. It was good. Thanks. All right. Do we want to do weekly verdicts? Yeah. All right. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Uh, you. Okay. My weekly verdict this week is that Taco Bell has potatoes back. <laughs> and last night, while I was very drunk, I got to eat a spicy potato soft taco for the first time in, like, eight months. And honestly... We have been tracking this. It's true. It It was... Felt like I was home again. <laughs> I was like, this is so goddamn good. I was just like. 2021 is trying to undo the mistakes of 2020. It's trying and I appreciate it so goddamn much. Like, oh, fuck. And I mean, I know the potatoes have been back for a little while now. But also the Taco Bell by my house is trash. And I was at somebody else's house last night. And they were like, we're going to uber eat some taco bell and i was like we're about to leave but i will stay and wait for the taco bell to get here if i can have a spicy potato soft taco <laughs> yeah so it made drunk tiffany really happy i bet it did i can only imagine <laughs> so fucking good i give you like 12 more of them right now but i'm not going to but i could yeah there you go so it's a good thing to talk about by your house it's trash it really is. <laughs> so, you're not tempted. <laughs> I'm not. And that's a good thing. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, my Lovely Verdict is a, another TV show. Woo! <laughs> yeah, because that's all I do. Or Sims. I don't know. I haven't played it enough yet to really say it's a weekly verdict, but it's been, it's been fun. My character's name is Wanda. Wanda Watson. Me and Alex came up with it. <laughs> We are fans of alliteration. I see that. We find it very satisfying. I knew a Wanda Wilson. Everyone should just have, like, alliteration names. It would be good, but also kind of annoying. Yeah, it would be really annoying. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it is on Netflix, and it has not been the best received for everybody. Uh, It's the Mortar Marriage. Oh... So it's been really fun because me and Alex have been watching it, and then that gets us, like, talking about, like, our wedding and stuff, mm-hmm. which is obviously fun to do yeah. and, and all that stuff. It's just really fun watching people pick, pick like... Do you want a whole-ass house that you can live in for the next 10 years, or do you want one day of And things? it's not like these houses are ugly or need, like, renovations. Like, yeah. they are nice. Sometimes, like custom built homes oh, shit. like like night like could be forever homes easily no problem right and you'd be surprised how many people picked that thirty thousand dollar wedding <laughs> i mean the median cost of a wedding mm-hmm. online is like thirty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars which is mind-blowing to me yeah it is um me and alex i also told alex we were definitely getting a wedding planner <laughs> We were just talking about this last night, actually. I was like, I don't know that I would need a wedding planner because if I was to get married, I wouldn't want the whole thing. But I would have a day of planner. 
Yes. Or a day of coordinator, I guess, is the appropriate. Well, the thing about a wedding planner is they can also help get you discounts for things. Right. And all that. Use their connections. Exactly. Which is pretty nice. Yeah. Um, but me and Alex decided that our wedding, whatever much money we spend on it, I don't know. Um, the most important thing is food. Yes. Food and alcohol. Yeah. We are going to have um, the custom cocktails. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have buffet-style food. <laughs> so last night we were at um, Ships when we were talking about... He brought it up. I can't remember what. But it was all this big fucking lead-up of a joke to say that we should get TC's Pizza to do the buffet at our wedding. Because he goes, we should get someone who's already familiar with the buffet style. I was like, what do you mean? Oh, my God. <laughs> and he says, like, CC's Pizza. <laughs> I would not be surprised if I showed up and he had, like, a little card table in the corner of your wedding reception. It's like, this is Alex's table. It's just CC's Alfredo Pizza. Yeah, so... You've heard of a groom's cake. This is groom's pizza. I also don't like cake, and Alex said it'd be totally fine if we had gourmet donuts instead. I was going to say, I think uh, my friend who I was talking to last night, they had macaroons at their wedding. That's cute. I was like, hmm. I said, we, I told Alex we should have a mac and cheese buffet. Fuck yeah, I'm going to get was so like, fat at your wedding. I, well, I was like, we should pick a food that we fucking love to have, which we love pizza, but we love mac and, and cheese. cheese like variations of it <laughs> well also you could do a lot with that you could do like just different types of mac and cheese yeah. but then you could also have like mac and cheese hamburger sliders yes exactly yeah fried mac and cheese balls i'm, I'm up for any of it yeah <laughs> mac and cheese is great we'll need all the carbs from the from the mac and cheese noodles to counteract the open all bar the alex would like us to have so yeah somebody asked me that last night they're like are you and Ian gonna like get married soon and i was like whoa 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 <laughs> no no honey but also i was like here's the thing we're waiting for x y and z but also we have to wait until we have enough money to have the open bar that our friends deserve like yeah, it's a lot of money. So it's gonna be a hot minute. We're not gonna have servers, but we'll have bartenders. So we're we're cutting, we're saving money on the no servers for the food. So having buffet, which is also I think yeah. like twelve hundred easily. Yeah, I would mm. not. Yeah, uh, if we have an open bar, everyone better make it worth the cost. Yeah, <laughs> y'all motherfuckers better drink. That's basically it. And then I was like, we should, I want to have a food truck. We were just talking, we were talking about all kinds yeah. of things because we both. Food and alcohol. Yep. Most important thing. Indeed. I really don't care about anything else. Nice. A good DJ. Yeah. That's going to be tricky because me and Alex yeah. have quite the taste in music. Well, actually, I'm pretty good. I'm fine with whatever. But Alex is very picky and we need to make sure that Alex has music that he likes too. Yes. So I got to find a DJ that can play some Watsky. Stay day too. <laughs> yeah. So... That's, uh, it's been fun. Um, the only thing is these, uh, weddings, they are planned to occur in, like, the spring or fall time of 2020 and stuff. And so when they do pick marriage, they cuts to, a, because of COVID-19, they had to scale back on their guest list. I would list. be so fucking salty. But, like, some, some person, like, their venue is, like, $8,000, and they had to, like, cancel their venue because of COVID, but they still got married, but they had to get another venue and stuff. It was just, it's like, oh, that hurts. That hurts so bad because... It's not okay. You could be in a home throughout the pandemic. Right. You could be in a nice house during the pandemic. So, 
I highly recommend it. It's some good trash reality TV, and it's a lot of fun watching all the craziness that things, like people, with like vignettes. Vignettes are really expensive. Yeah. They look really nice, though. They do. <laughs> so, just weird things like that that people are put as like a priority. So, you know? Yeah. And it's also fun watching their faces when they get told how much this aspect how much, of their wedding costs. I was going to say, how much shit costs. It's like, nobody yeah. expects how much it is until they actually have to, like, do it. And then they're like, uh. Yeah. 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 I don't think we'll have any. No. No. Probably not. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, first responders unit? Mm-hmm. Perfect. As always, you can find us on Instagram. Luminol Cocktail Pod. You can find us on Facebook, Luminol Cocktail Podcast. You can also find us on our website, which is luminolcocktail.com. This is the last episode yep. of season two. Yep. We will be back with season three starting early July. Um, time for now. I feel like, I'm like, fuck, really? Damn. Um, it goes all the way till like November though. Season three goes till July to November. Fuck. It's 20 weeks. All right. So stay tuned for that. Also stay tuned on our socials. We're going to have some exciting things coming out. We are preparing to launch our Patreon. Woo! Which is exciting because we have a lot of expenses because we are getting new sound equipment for season two. Also, alcohol is not cheap every week. It's not. And we do it for you. We do it's it for all you. for you guys. <laughs> so if you want to take a look out on our socials, see when we post some Patreon information. Uh, we are just ironing out, the fi- ironing out the final details of it right now. We would love if you guys would take a look and see if that's something you'd be interested in. Otherwise, we'll see you back for season three, where we look forward to serving you guys another round of Luminol Cocktails. Mm -hmm.